Hello, I'm Rebecca. And I'm Elena. And we are two therapists with a lot of opinions. Welcome to Just Another Therapy Podcast, where we'll be discussing various topics through the lens of mental health and therapy, just like every other therapist on social media right now. No, but we're different. (laughs) Join us this season as we talk all about social media, the good, the bad, and the absolutely ridiculous. This podcast was created for educational and entertainment purposes. It is not a replacement for mental health treatment. If you are in need of support, check out our show notes for links to resources. In today's episode, we'll be talking about the multi-level marketing industry, more commonly referred to as MLMs, network marketing, or social selling. If you're on social media, you've probably witnessed plenty of people selling the MLM dream. And maybe one of those boss babes has even found their way into your inbox. Does this sound familiar? Hey, babe, you would be perfect for this opportunity I have been working on. I am looking to find other ladies who want to make money from home and escape the nine to five world. You are gorgeous and you should totally come to one of my parties to learn more heart emoji. In the last few years, the popularity of Instagram influencers turned MLM business owners has intensified the already exploitative practices of these quasi-pyramid schemes. MLMs promise financial freedom, time freedom, extravagant lifestyles, close-knit community, and so much more. MLMs claim that if you join, then you'll feel better, look better, and be better. This episode is one of two parts where we will define what MLMs are, discuss their cult tactics, and examine the rise of boss babes on Instagram. All right, so let's get into it. As our intro said, we're getting into the MLM world today, and there is so much to say about it. Um, Rebecca and I have had so many conversations <laughs> about MLMs. If you listen to our extended intro episode mm-hmm. at the beginning of this season, we mentioned that that's one of the first things that we talked a lot about yes. when we became friends. Um, I remember talking for hours yes. about MLMs. Like This truly. is how I knew we'd be friends. Yeah. <laughs> this is how I knew because I, like, I don't even know who brought it up, but one of us mentioned an MLM and I, she, you know, one of us responded was like, "Oh my gosh, I like MLMs are like I, I go down that rabbit hole." And I was like, "We're gonna be friends." <laughs> yes, <laughs> I know, I know. I remember feeling so excited because, like, honestly, for context, I think this is probably like important to say. I know s- too much. I really know too much about specific MLM companies about the people who are in them, the top income earners, the comp plans, the tactics that they use. Like I, I know too much. Mm -hmm. So the rabbit hole very much. Yes, we go, we go down them. (laughs) So um, would you say the same for you, Rebecca? Kind of like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm all over YouTube watching the like reaction videos to the group meetings of Mm -hmm. like training meetings and sales meetings and the undercover meetings. And like I may lurk on some of the top MLM or um, Instagram pages as well. Um, I do watch their stories. (laughs) I do too. (laughs) Yeah. And what they'll say, what they'll say is that we're jealous and that's why, (laughs) and that's why we hate them because we're miserable 
and we hate our lives. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I hate that narrative it's so much. It's so bad. And so we're doing two parts to this. One, because we could literally probably do like 10 parts. Mm-hmm. This could be its own podcast. Like yeah. I could talk about this for the rest of my life. There are. There are podcasts yes. and mm-hmm. we'll link them. There are podcasts that exclusively talk yes. about MLMs. So we'll, yeah. we'll link them in the show notes. Yeah. So we're going to be intentional about how we really go about this and how we link it to you know, the therapeutic implication of these things, how it kind of affects the individual and provide some more context to why, you know, we are haters. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a hater. No, like, I I'm a not, hater. I'm fully a hater. Yeah, Look, like, <laughs> I'll admit it. I will tell you. I will tell you. Yeah. yeah, but it's an informed like decision that has been made to really not like these companies, not like the the policies and the structure of it. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So to get started with the educational portion, um, let's talk about what MLMs are. Like, let's straight up define it. Yes. Uh, and we're going to um, be pulling information from the FTC. Mm-hmm. And we're also going to talk about the BITE model yeah. um, after this to talk more specifically about kind of how MLMs function and mm-hmm. what their tactics are. So, do you mind telling us, what does the FTC say about MLMs and pyramid schemes? Yeah, so um, MLM is um, an acronym for multi-level marketing. And according to the FTC, a multi-level marketing company is a company that sells their products or services through person-to-person sales. Um, And the website expands and says, like, that means you're selling directly to other people, maybe from your home, um, maybe out of your car, maybe online. But essentially, the point of an MLM is that you are the one who is selling the product. And oftentimes, um, you have to purchase the product outright and then resell. So that's like the general definition. But then to kind of expand on that, a lot of the MLMs then have a facet of their company where not only are you direct selling where you're purchasing from the company and then reselling but you're also recruiting people to your what what is called a downline which is you are recruiting somebody to sell for you i'm selling um let's just say leggings like <laughs> yeah because, girl, go in go let's in say i'm selling leggings and i buy a bunch of leggings from this company And I buy them for $10. I have to buy $5,000 worth of leggings. Let's just start there. And I buy them for like $10 a piece. And then let's say I sell them to Elena for, you know, $15 per legging. But yeah, so so I make $5 per legging on each sale. Um, But then what makes an MLM, you know, even more, I'm going to say disgusting, is that now instead of just doing that, I'm now going to, you know, try to manipulate Elena to do the same, to buy these leggings from me in bulk and sell them from to her kind of community network and all of that. However, what ends up happening in these systems is that these these communities become super oversaturated. So like Elena's friends are my friends and we're all trying to sell to them. We're not only trying to sell to them, but we're trying to make them our downline. We're trying to profit off of their bulk sales. Um, which, if you can imagine, becomes exhausted very quickly. So um, we can kind of move on from that. But um, that's kind of like an understanding of like the basics of these MLM corporations. Picture it like 
I don't know, like a pyramid almost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, that's definitely the, the next piece of this that we're going to talk about because, you know, maybe you have seen people on Instagram say like, oh, but we're not a pyramid scheme. Mm. And it's like, okay. So I, I do think it's important to break yes. that down a little bit. Um, so according to the FTC, the two main ways that uh, you can earn an income in an MLM is to sell the retail products, like Rebecca was saying. Um, and recruiting is typically the other component to this, like recruiting new distributors and earning commission based on what those distributors in your downline buy and what their sales are. Um, so according to the FTC, your recruits, the people they recruit, and so on become your sales network or downline. If the MLM is not a pyramid scheme, it will pay you based on your sales to retail customers without having to recruit new distributors. So this gets kind of dicey because it's really common for MLMs to pay you for both, for recruitment um, and also for sales. And so a lot of people in MLMs will claim like, oh, well, you don't have to build a team. Like you don't have to recruit people. But typically if you look at the people who make a lot of money and who are higher up in the MLM, they have insane teams underneath mm -hmm. them, like thousands and thousands of people. So yeah, you can make a commission just through sales, mm -hmm. but you're not going to make life-changing money. Mm -hmm. um, and so let's talk about that statistic. The Well, I guess it's not a statistic, but the 70% rule. Do mm -hmm. you want to tell us what that is? This kind of came from the an article by Forbes, but they talk about this 70% rule through the FTC. So in order for an MLM to be compliant, so in order for an MLM to be like legitimate, which I don't think there's such thing as a legitimate MLM, but not legally classified as a pyramid scheme, it must adhere to the rule that at least 70% of all of the items sold, the goods sold, must be purchased by non-distributors. So mm -hmm. do you want to kind of like elaborate and explain yeah. that a little bit? So essentially what that rule says is that like the products need to be purchased by people who aren't distributors, who mm -hmm. aren't recruited into the company. Because what you'll start to see often is that people who are in the company who are distributors, they will buy product so that they can use it, so that they can promote it. Um, there are a lot of YouTube videos about like people um, who are distributors buying product for other distributors so they can rank up mm -hmm. so they can like hit a rank and maintain a rank typically for MLMs you have to buy a product pack when you join mm -hmm. um, so you have to spend anywhere from 50 to hundreds of dollars the thousands yeah yeah mm -hmm. it, get, it depends on the MLM it can get really really high I know when LuLaRoe first started I think it was like five thousand dollars to yeah. start and get your pack and join um, and so that amount really, really varies. Um, so that's something right off the bat. Um, and this is something we'll talk about in relation to the bite model and mm -hmm. thought and information and emotional control and all yes. of that, because they really instill in you, like you need to be a product of the product. They say mm -hmm. that I've heard that so many times, um, in their team calls and, you know, things that we've seen on YouTube. And so the idea <laughs> is the idea they promote is like, you need to be using the products so that you can promote it and the MLMs don't track and if they do track it they don't like publicize this information 
who is buying the products. Mm. And so they're not going to tell you that. They're not going to say like, oh, well, most of our products are bought by just like retail customers, you know? So it's like, that's something that is really kind of shady and kept hidden. Mm -hmm. So again, to come back to this 70% rule, like it should be that retail customers are the bulk of the people buying the products. Mm -hmm. But I really find and see that that is like not the case and as we talk about this more I think that will become like more clear that the distributors the people who are in the uplines in the downlines those are the people who are buying so much of the product taking out loans to Mm -hmm. stay in compliance because another part of these companies is that every month you have to make a certain number of sales to be in like compliance so we'll talk more about this like the incentives piece of it too there are certain incentives that you get if you've ever seen on Instagram, like, oh, I earned a trip to, you know, the Bahamas or I earned these trips and I earned this car and I earned this, this. Um, that's all incentive based. So if you make a certain number of sales or you recur- recruit a certain number of people, you can earn that space. But what they don't tell you is that it's very um, it's very repetitive month to month. So you may make uh, $1,000 in sales one month from from non-distributors just selling to your friends and family. Um, but the next month you don't make those sales because everybody has enough leggings to to be good. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> they don't like, need to I buy. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't need to buy 10,000 leggings. So what ends up happening is that they're like, oh, my gosh, I won't meet that quota. I won't earn that trip. I won't do this. So they end up spending their own money um, to reinvest or rebuy more product that they haven't even sold what they have yet. Um, so this is where we start getting into like people, you know, having garages full of product that is old that may be even expiring because you know some of these products are also like health and well health and wellness um ugh, they're you know marketed to kind of their their food products or their shakes or whatever that they expire they go bad they're gross um (laughs) if they're sitting in your hot garage for so long so people end up taking out all of these loans and doing all of these things um just to make it every single month so that they can now post on their social media and like make it seem like they're doing really well because that's where the money is. It's recruiting other people in your downline. So if I post and say like, oh my gosh, like I had to spend another thousand dollars and I haven't sold my products from last month, no one's going to join. You have to make it seem like, oh my gosh, I earned this trip. I did this thing. I, I have the best group of sisters. This is amazing. I've never had this kind of friendship in my life. Um, for it to be marketable to other people. Yeah. And the add-on I want to say, because I can just hear the MLM ones mm. now being like, oh, well, in my company, we don't have to buy product. Like, you don't have to have inventory. Like, mm-hmm. I hear that often for companies like um, Monate especially. Like, you you don't have to have product on hand. Like, your customers buy it and, like, it's shipped to them from, like, mm-hmm. the distribution center or whatever. And, like, the same thing still applies, though. Like, people will still take out loans so that they can buy product to maintain their rank or go Mm -hmm. up a rank or help somebody else go up a rank. They'll buy product from them. Um, So even without your own inventory in your garage, like the same thing still applies where Mm -hmm. people are scrambling to um, buy enough product. And so I think this is a good way to also transition into pyramid scheme versus MLM because that's also a really big 
buzzword type of thing where people are like, an MLM is not a pyramid scheme. They're two separate things. A pyramid scheme is, you know, where almost like, I don't know if they're so, um, like different where they're like, oh, it's like you invest money and then it's like a pool and it's like a lottery and then you get money. But it's like in that pyramid kind of structure where only like one or two people actually make the money there. Um, and so a lot of the like the Huns will say like, well, we sell products. So we're not a pyramid scheme. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. And so let's let's get informed. Let's really yes. get informed. Right. Let's, let's go it. to the FTC.gov website. And on that website, they talk about warning signs for pyramid schemes. Promoters make extravagant promises about your earning potential. Stop. These promises are false. That is directly from their website, the FTC.gov, right? And I'm going to jump down because this actually, this one here talks about exactly what we were just saying. Distributors buy more products than they want to use or can resell just to stay active in the company or to qualify for bonuses or other rewards. If you see this happening, keep your money. Wow, the FTC is like... <laughs> I love the vibe. I love right? the sass. I'm like, yes, FTC. Like, please tell us how it is. Keep your money, babe. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly what we were saying. I'm, I'm glad that you're tying that in here. And, you know, about the extravagant promises, that, as Rebecca said a few minutes ago, that's like a huge recruiting tactic. Like you know, I was miserable and now I have financial freedom and I can take my family on all these vacations and I can do whatever I want. And I earn this car and, you know, mm-hmm. the free trips and, um, that is, is promoted a lot. Um, the other two signs the FTC gives, um, warning signs of a pyramid scheme promoters emphasize recruiting new distributors for your sales network as the real way to make money walk away i love the vibe i know this is this y'all this is a direct quote from the fdc website Mm -hmm. walk away in a legitimate mlm program you should be able to make money just by selling the product Mm -hmm. and the fourth warning sign is promoters play on your emotions Mm. or use high pressure sales tactics maybe saying you'll lose the opportunity if you don't act now and discouraging you from taking time to study the company. Yeah. Uh, wow. Mm-hmm. They also say leave by the nearest exit. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is the, I love this so much. Any company that tries to pressure you to join is one to avoid. Mm-hmm. So, it's actually great that we're ending on this warning sign because yes. I feel like it is an amazing segue into the bite model. Mm-hmm. So Rebecca, can you tell us what is the bite model? Yes. So the bite model is, um, it's an acronym for strategies that organizations, um, most likely cults, uh, use to have control over their members. And so it's broken down into four different control tactics and the first is behavior control. Then we have information control, thought control, and emotional control. And so essentially what they're saying is that, and this is through Stephen Hassan um, is the lead researcher on this. And there are other you know, researchers who have kind of created this bite model that after, after really researching and looking into the overlapping techniques of cults, uh, to keep control over their members, to recruit their members, and to, you know, stop their members from leaving. And so we'll give you a little bit of information. Um, we are going to link the 
bite model in the show notes so that you can also read more there's so much information on this they've really done a good job at like identifying and defining these definitions for us to be informed and to avoid any type of organization who uses these tactics to recruit keep and um like foster control in in their organization yeah and before we get into the model talking about Mm -hmm. behavior information thought and emotional control I do want to talk a little bit about undue influence as it is defined by this model Um, so this is a direct quote undue influence is any act of persuasion that overcomes the free will and judgment of another person People can be unduly influenced by deception, flattery, trickery, coercion, and other techniques, including hypnosis. Mm -hmm. In a court of law, undue influence is a legal term, which involves a person or group taking advantage of their position of power over another person or persons. Undue influence occurs when the overall effect of the methods to control behavior, information, thoughts, and emotions promotes dependency and obedience to some cause leader or group Mm. so I think as we talk about this like what will become clear is that like all of these tactics that MLMs use do create this dependency for people like they have to be on in the MLM it's the best thing for them through those tactics of like behavior information thought and emotional control you know, people really get stuck and they really get tricked. And so Mm -hmm. this is where a lot of nuance comes in too, because, you know, a lot of people in MLMs really believe in them and they, you know, I do think that some people believe that they're doing a great job and they're Mm -hmm. really helping people. And so this definitely gets into a tricky area of like victim and abuser kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, because there are definitely abusive tactics here. Um, But at the same time, it's like, well, some of these people are also victims of it. So Anyway, I think it's important to <laughs> so say if you're listening and you're in an MLM or, you know, you're actively kind of working the the company, like that's working the business, working the business um, and you're feeling uncomfortable, you're feeling angry, you're feeling defensive. We want the best for you. We yeah. are not here to create a space of pain, um, but sometimes pain can be a, a good indicator that something is not aligned for us in this moment Mm -hmm. um and so I'm not afraid of making anybody feel angry or sad or scared um because I think there can be value in that growth that comes from that um so I just wanted to pause because we're about to dive into some some of the tactics and some examples and it can be triggering and I also want to say like turn the podcast off if you're feeling heightened or you're feeling flooded with emotions right now you don't have to finish listening to this yeah absolutely not and I think Mm -hmm. the reason we have strong opinions about MLMs is because like we believe that they harm a lot of people and just because you've made a lot of money in an MLM or you feel like your experience has been good it doesn't mean that MLMs are good on the Mm -hmm. whole it doesn't mean that like overall they are companies that like do good in this world and help people um and so you know your feelings are valid also like we're Mm -hmm. also not trying to tell people like this is how you should feel and if you're angry about this or like you're triggered then that's wrong and you know nothing like that Mm -hmm. I I think any feeling that anybody has listening to this I'm like yeah that probably makes sense Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) exactly yeah so I'm glad you mentioned that um 
Because, yeah, I think diving into the bite model, this stuff is going to be a little bit more Mm -hmm. intense, I guess. So Rebecca is going to tell us first about behavior control and information control, and we'll give some examples. So Mm -hmm. let's start with behavior control. So I'm going to read a couple of indicators that there may be behavior control in an organization. Control types of clothing and hairstyles. Um, Interesting. An example I can easily think of is what you were saying earlier where um like with monet like you have to use the product you have to be um an ambassador for that hair product uh and that's that's just something interesting to kind of think about in clothing even like with the leggings and all that stuff you have to constantly be wearing the product i don't know a lot of like jobs and companies where like you're forced to do that outside of like work time or like outside of you know, you being paid by the company to like wear their clothes or something. Financial exploitation, manipulation, or dependence. That that one screams, you know, to out to me in MLMs as well. It, it's a lot of financial exploitation. A lot of the recruiting conversations and the group meetings in that initial startup is like, well, you know, you could take out a loan or you can ask your partner or ask your Put it on a member. credit card. Put it on a credit card. It'll pay off tenfold. Like, look, I'm going to Jamaica. Like, look at us. Like, we're we're traveling the world. This is going to be... You have to spend money to make money. Mm. Oh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. Manipulation. Yeah. Um, and, like, like, posting on Instagram, posting pictures of checks, which is extremely against the law yeah they're not supposed is. to you should report that. that if you see it It can be reported to the ftc um but like that that kind of space of like you know feeling like you have to go into debt for our job you know that is a huge red flag no job should require that much of a financial investment and um, dependence restrict leisure entertainment and vacation time There's this thought of like financial freedom and time freedom and like you can be there with your kids and you can be this can be a part time job and all of that stuff. That's not really true because then there's this hustle culture that comes right behind it. That's like if you don't work hard, your business won't work. Right. And so if you're not doing well and you don't like you don't rise to the ranks, which we'll talk about is only one percent of the people who do actually make money off of this. I think it's even less than that. We need to look up specifically. Yeah. But it's really, really low. Yeah. And so if you don't you know, if you're not being successful and you kind of talk to your upline, who's probably also not successful, by the way, like they're just trying to also make it. And you say, like, hey, I'm really struggling. Like, I don't think this is right for me. They're saying they then that's when the manipulation starts to come in. Well, you're not working hard enough. And, you know, have you know, uh, why aren't you working before bed? And, and you're on vacation, but, you know, you can sit by the pool and still make Instagram content and post on your story. And you have to post every single day and you have to talk about the product every single day. Um, so it's just a lot of behaviors. Again, the behavioral control is kind of manipulating, controlling the behaviors that you have. So there's so much more and I could probably do three episodes just on that portion of it. And maybe one day we will expand more. But um, let's jump over to information control and I'll kind of talk about a couple of other things. Unless there's anything you wanted to add on behavior, Elena. I've seen a lot of team calls because they get posted on YouTube and there are anti-MLM YouTubers who will react to them. Um, there's so much messaging around, like you have to work your business, Mm -hmm. um, and you need to be grinding and you need to be doing it every day. And like, you know, if it's not working, like you're not doing enough, like Mm -hmm. there's so much a culture of like, 
it's not the MLM, it's you. Like if you're not succeeding, if you're not doing well, then like you're not working hard enough, you're not dedicating enough mm-hmm. to this business. Um, I see that being a huge one related yeah. to behavior control. Absolutely. So with information control, um, we talk about deception and I think that's a huge one. So deception, they kind of outline as deliberately withholding information, distorting information to make it more acceptable and systematically lying to the cult member. So I think that a great example of that is like during recruitment, there's a lot. If you go onto any of the MLM websites, it's incredibly hard to see their statistics. They're supposed to be really um, authentic with those and kind of provide how much people like how much people make. And each MLM is supposed to provide that um, those info those infographics on their website, and they're really hard to find. They're hard to find and they're hard to understand. They're hard to break down, um, and so it's it's withholding. It's that. Yes, this is the this is the numbers, but you actually if you can do it, you if you work hard enough, you'll do it. And then distorting the information to make it more acceptable again, like, but look at this trip you earned and it's so easy. And, you know, you can always recruit your partner and you can always recruit your dog, (laughs) like whatever it takes to to kind of make this money. Um, It's distorted. And then systematic lies, which really there's so many blatant lies that are told to the individuals who are being recruited that this is something that you can make a reasonable living off of um oh my god can I interject yes okay so I really want to talk about this one keep Mm -hmm. members busy so that they don't have time to think and investigate I I really have to talk about this because I (laughs) yes I follow and I look at all the MLM people on Instagram Mm -hmm. a lot of like the top income earners and there's this one person in particular, I'm not going to name them, Mm-mm. but very often she says like, don't think, just jump. Like you've just got to make it work. Like I dove right in and it's the best thing ever and it changed my life. And there is a huge narrative she perpetuates around just like feeling the fear and doing anyway, doing it anyway. And you know what? Sometimes fear and hesitation mm-hmm. and investigation keeps you from doing something detrimental or dangerous. Right. And so I've seen other people in MLMs um, talk like this as well. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, take the risk and you just have to do it. And like, it'll be great. Um, and it's like, yeah, just they say things about how you shouldn't hesitate and like you shouldn't worry that it's your fear holding you back, mm-hmm. that you're the problem, that like if you're hesitating or if you have an objection, then you just need to work that out. And like, mm-hmm. you need to not have any excuses. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I see that constantly. Yeah. And I think that's so important. I, I love that you bring that up because like, you know, a lot of what we're talking about now just reminds me of the work that I've done with survivors of domestic violence, survivors of relationship abuse. And a lot of these types of things are, are coercive and in, in, in those relationships, um, And we talk about like the impact of stress on the brain and fear, like the impact of fear and um, all of that stuff on our brain. When when those parts of our brain are activated, it's harder for the parts that make clear and informed decisions to function. And so it's really a strategy. If I can keep this person stressed and overwhelmed and I can keep them kind of working and burning out, they don't have time to really clearly think about this. And they're going to start to make decisions that are impulsive that they normally wouldn't have made. And then I'm going to use that to then manipulate them. Well, this is because you're not good enough. Or maybe maybe you did make that decision. That was a bad decision. Um, 
And it's going to impact that person's relationships. It's going to impact their um, ability to, you know, do their self-care and take care of themselves. And it's all going to come back to, well, you're not good enough and making you feel like you're the problem when in reality it's the system of coercion that's preventing you from really being able to function um, in a healthy, appropriate way. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So, I mean, is there anything else in the information? I think that those are like two big things. Um, I guess like the one other thing that mm-hmm. kind of sticks out is that even recently there was somebody who spoke out against Monate and she was a distributor and she was terminated. If you speak out, if you have things to say, um, you're met with a lot of resistance and you mm-hmm. might even be terminated. There's actually like another person that I uh, know of who she wasn't terminated, but she was really trying to change the culture of the company. And she mm-hmm. put, I mean, this was posted on Instagram. Like, I don't know any secrets. Like, people post mm-hmm. these videos and these things on Instagram and I watch it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was like, <laughs> I, I see it, right? And it's like, she left the company, you know, mm-hmm. because there's just like this intense pressure to, you know, not talk bad about the company in any way. Yeah. So that's kind of the last tidbit, I mm-hmm. guess. So... Let's kind of wrap up um, the bulk of this uh, educational episode. I know. I'm like, and there's uh, so much. I like, know. <laughs> well, there's it, so much here that we could really. And I think yeah. it's important, like, as much as we have our opinions and we both are absolutely, like, against these companies and their tactics, it's important that it's not just because we don't like it. It's not yeah. like, I don't like it. Like,. <laughs> That's annoying. There's an informed reason. Yeah, there's an informed reason behind it. And, you know, we're all about, like, at least as a therapist, like, I always tell my clients, like, I don't always have it right, but I will share with you the information and how I got it. So this is kind of, that's why we broke it into two parts, because, like, this is, like, the information if you are wanting to learn, like, more about it and really understand where we're coming from and, and the perspective on it. And then next part is gonna be juicy yeah well we 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 do need to talk about that thought (laughs) yeah and emotional emotional control control. so let's let's finish that out okay perfect yeah so thought control Mm -hmm. um one of the ones that sticks out to me as it relates to mlms is encourage only good and proper thoughts Mm. i see so much toxic positivity people talking about how they hate negativity or people who are against MLMs are negative and jealous and they're haters and you know we don't want to encourage that we don't want to interact with that like you just need to think good things and be positive and be uplifting and it's Mm -hmm. like sure it's great to be inspirational or uplifting or whatever but it's like what ends up happening is that very real issues are swept under the rug and mm-hmm. sacrificed. And so there's not a culture of uh, bettering the company or bettering the experience of the distributors. Um, so I see a lot of language around like being positive and being a light and, you know, not speaking to the haters and things like that. So I think that's a pretty clear example Mm -hmm. require members to internalize the group's doctrine as truth Mm -hmm. this definitely comes up when you know leaders or the ceos or people at the top are saying things about like this is how the company is like this is our culture and you know you're so lucky to be a part of it and we're changing the world and 
um, you know, part of this gets into instilling black and white thinking, deciding between good and evil, like we're great and we're doing so much and we're helping women and everybody else who doesn't get it again is a hater. Um, organizing people into us versus them mm. absolutely that's a part of it as well it's a recruitment strategy too it, it's it like is. join us like you'll have this sisterhood there's so many um posts that are like i never would have met my maid of honor if it wasn't for this mlm oh my gosh. like but then the second you leave it's like crickets mm-hmm. like i try to reach out to this person who was like my best friend and they don't want to talk to me anymore because i'm not selling hair products yes And you'll notice as we're talking, there is kind of some overlap between all of these sections because Mm -hmm. under um, thought control, it also says rejection of rational analysis, critical thinking, and constructive criticism. And I feel like that definitely ties into information control where Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, just dive in, like jump. I didn't know what I was doing and it was the best decision ever. Mm -hmm. Like don't pay attention to what other people are saying. If your friends and family don't agree, then like maybe you don't need to be close with them. Like that go, it just goes in so many Mm -hmm. different directions. And so all of this, like they're not necessarily super distinct categories. Like they interlock um, and they create kind of this whole system. Mm -hmm. So, okay, let's get to emotional control. Manipulate and narrow the range of feelings. Some emotions and or needs are deemed as evil, wrong, or selfish. So this, again, also kind of ties a bit into the positivity thing of like, you just need to like be upbeat and you need to keep going. And, you know, if you're feeling bad and you're having a hard day, like, okay, we'll suck it up. That's what it is to be an entrepreneur. Like you need to keep, (laughs) you need to keep going. Um, and yeah, this also overlaps with like not bringing up criticisms about the MLM, about how, oh my gosh, like for, for the MLM people who are religious, they kind of talk about it in terms of like, it's the enemy, like it's the devil, you know, Mm -hmm. trying to like get to you and, and tell you that it's wrong. And like, you know, God has blessed me with this opportunity. And yeah, Mm -hmm. so there's definitely like a religious element to some of these MLMs. Girl. Listen, (laughs) I'm reading them right now. And I'm like, oh, it's making me so, you know. I know. Okay. I I have to say this one though. Make the person feel that Mm -hmm. problems are always their own fault. Never the leaders of the group's fault. I truly cannot emphasize this one enough. Like, the number of team calls that I have watched and I'm telling you it's like dozens and dozens of these it's not like I've just watched one and I'm Mm -hmm. making a sweeping statement like I have watched dozens of these calls and opportunity calls Mm -hmm. from multiple MLMs like not just one but multiple Mm -hmm. this is what they perpetuate over and over and over that like the MLM is great And that the system is simple, but you have to work hard. Mm -hmm. And like, if you're not succeeding, it's because you're not doing something. It's because you are not doing these income producing behaviors because you're not replicating the system. Yeah, that one is is really, really, really a big one. Yeah, And like underneath it, I think the next one right below it just really expands on that. Um, Do you see where it says like, Promote feelings yeah. of guilt or unworthiness, such as identity guilt. You are not living up to your potential. Yes, this is a direct yes. quote. Um, it, it says your family is defic- deficient. Like if they don't, if they don't support you, or if they mm-hmm. don't join you, like they're not. You they're know, not supportive. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts, feelings, actions are irrelevant or selfish. 
social guilt. So all of those things are like clearly listed there and they exist like insidiously and throughout these MLM groups. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So as Rebecca said, we're going to have um, the bite model and mm-hmm. um, all of the information included for you to look at because each category has a lot of things listed. And I will say like it's not all of these things apply to MLMs, but mm-hmm. that's not the point. Not every single piece um, related to thought control or whatever has to apply mm-hmm. in order for there to be undue influence, in order yeah. for something to be a cult or to be a really damaging problematic group. Um, so we definitely read things that don't apply to MLMs, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that MLMs aren't. It's not a checklist. It's, it's not, not like you have to have all of these things no. in order to be classified as a cult or an MLM no. or an, even just an unhealthy relationship. Like, um, like as we're reading these, I'm like, dang, like this could be an abusive yeah. partner, like doing all of these things. Um, and so it's, it's really not about the, it's really not about like the exhaustive list. It's about how the, these spaces make you feel and, um, the, wh- what their intention is, what their intention is behind their actions. And, what they're kind of selling and, and sharing and you know like just thinking about like as a business owner it can be really really hard um there's lots of ups and downs there are days where I question myself I question my abilities but that's okay like that's all right and looking at my business model and looking at my policies and practice they evolve and they grow as I learn and change and that's that's what it's supposed to do um, and I don't, I don't see my worth as my ability to have a successful business. That's not my worth. I'm worth so much more. That's a part of my life. And whether my business thrives or it fails, it's not going to change who I am. And the, the manipulative part of these MLMs is like, that's what they paint. Like if you're, and I use the term like your business because you're real. it's really not, you're, you're working for a bigger business. But if your piece of this doesn't succeed or you go into debt or you're struggling, um, it's not your fault. And, um, there are, there is help out there. We'll also like, I think it's important for us to provide some resources in the show notes of, you know, somewhere places that you can go to get help to learn more about this ways to find a therapist to process this with, cause it can be really hard and, when your entire social life is wrapped up in in what you do for a living and your money and all of it, leaving is really hard um, and it can feel really isolating and lonely. So you're not alone and there are people out there who want to support you and who love you. Yeah, absolutely. So this is it for yes. part one of... Uh, our we did it. <laughs> yes, we did it of our, our MLM episodes. So uh, join us for part two and we'll chat with you guys then. Bye.